I need to know everything Who in the what and the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying But act like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche There's five and a horse, I'm ready for war I'm coming for ghosts to turn to a ghost I need to know everything now you'd be surprised at the info you get is by letting them Welcome everybody to another episode of another damn fantasy podcast. This is Dan here and I've got Trevor Steinbacher with me as always. Uh, real quick before I turn it over to my boy Trevor. Remember we are presented by Stadium Rant. So check us out at stadiumrant.com and be sure to follow our new podcast channel, the NFL on Stadium Rant on Spotify now. Trevor, how are we doing tonight? We're doing great, man. Football is finally here. Uh, we're recording on Wednesday night, so tomorrow night, this time, we're all going to be on our couches. We're going to be watching the Rams, the Bills, <laughs> eating too much, having a few beverages. Man, it's going to be awesome. I'm just so pumped that football is finally back. It it feels like August has just drug on at this point, man. Just <laughs> all the preseason games, I know you got to have them, but man, I'm just happy for some real football finally. August was a breeze for me. It felt like those two weeks in between the last preseason game and this first week was what really, you know, was dragging on. Um, but I can't wait. I saw you tweet something earlier today. One more sleep. And one that's exactly, sleep. that's exactly what I was saying to people in the office. I'm like uh, the guy in the office that's constantly talking about football and sports um, anytime there's small talk. So I'm itching for some football. Today we're gonna get everybody else started and ready for ready for their first week of fantasy football. As week one is here, go through some NFL news, some injuries out there that you just need to be aware of as you're looking at creating your starting lineups this week. So a new episode this week as we're actually into game season. So we'll do starts of the week, a stream session. We'll take a few listener questions, and at the end of the podcast, we'll give you a a DraftKings and a FanDuel. Daily fantasy lineup for Sunday. I'm excited to get into it. Dan, let's start with some news. Yes, sir. So around the NFL, um, you know, we're going to try and keep it a little bit fantasy focused here. Uh, starting with the quarterback situation out there in Pittsburgh, Mitchell Trubisky officially named QB1 on that Steelers depth chart. And to nobody's surprise, Kenny Pickett was named number two. And I mentioned this on the fastest 40 the other day, but it, you know, the way it seems out there in Pittsburgh, Trubisky's the guy, he's voted a captain, all that good stuff. But, you know, maybe he's just a mistake or two away from Kenny Pickett really getting an opportunity to lead that offense. Not that anyone should be drafting um, Mitchell Trubisky, but he does have some direct impact on guys like Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, and Deontay Johnson. So the quarterback situation is settled, and Trubisky seems to be the guy, at least for now. And then over in L.A., this isn't quite fantasy-related, but it is a big name. J.C. Jackson is missing that week one. So he's not going to be shadowing Devontae Adams in that game against the Raiders. So that's pretty important to note. And since they're going on a short week, Coming to Kansas City that following Thursday, there's potential for him to miss that game as well, opening and opening up things for Juju Smith-Schuster and the other Chiefs receivers. Um, so that's that's a pretty impactful miss for the Chargers. Yeah, it's going to hurt a, a defense that struggled last year against the pass. I believe they were bottom five in pass yards per game. So losing a guy like J.C. Jackson could really open things up 
for the Raiders. Not a lot to say about the Pittsburgh thing. Trubisky is maybe maybe four weeks. I, I do think we see Kenny Pickett a little sooner than I expected even a couple of weeks ago. I actually expected to see Desmond Ritter as the first rookie quarterback this year. But at this point in time, I, I don't believe that's the case. I think it's going to be Kenny Pickett before too long. I, I don't think it's anything to go run off and, and get a, a guy like Kenny Pickett by any means. Uh, I wouldn't really be playing these quarterbacks anytime soon in Pittsburgh. But as you mentioned, it does affect some of those skill players. A lot of injuries out there this week. Uh, Zach Ertz day to day. J.K. Dobbins is questionable. I'm not playing J.K. Dobbins this week. Even if he starts, I could see a scenario where he's playing maybe 30, 40% of the snaps. It just seems like there's been way too much question, way too many question marks around the J.K. Dobbins situation this year. I'm not playing him in week one. How are you handling that this week? I'm I'm in the same boat. Actually, uh, it's funny. I was looking at a conference. Lamar Jackson was able to go to the podium and sort of speak. One of the big things that he did bring up was that he's giving Friday, uh, setting that as the deadline for his contract extension. So not to do, go too far off, but that was a, a bomb that he dropped in that conference. And another one was that he kind of let it slip out about the status of J.K. Dobbins, where he said, hopefully he's back in a couple of weeks. So that tells me that the offense has been talking about it behind closed doors to to expect to not have J.K. back there and really let Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake handle the reins while J.K. Dobbins gets up to speed and while Gus Edwards continues to uh, move through his rehab. Um, so, you know, just uh, just hearing Lamar Jackson, hearing the quarterback uh, put it out in the airwaves, that's a big a big clue for me to kind of stay away from him those first couple weeks. And don't go tweeting at him because he gets ticked on Twitter, man, which is so odd, especially so if he's icy. actually hurt, but I guess maybe he's just trying to, he's trying to still be there and trying to be involved and it's contract year for him. And, and, you know, you, you wish him the, the best and you want to see him on the field. He's a good, he's a good player. He's going to be great for your fantasy team. If he can get healthy, Joe Burrow is practicing. He's questionable. He did have that uh, appendectomy. It's been a couple weeks removed now both the surgery and the appendix, I guess, in that situation. <laughs> it's been removed for a couple of weeks. He should be out there playing. Michael Gallup was ruled out. Uh, again, I mean, I, I love Gallup. I would like to see him on the field at least by week four this year. But we'll see uh, how that uh, injury progresses. Yeah, I, I would definitely love to see him out there. I think you know, once he gets on that field, he is going to be the de facto wide receiver too. And, you know, Jalen Tolbert's a guy I'm kind of been looking at to fill those shoes uh, as far as, you know, wide receiver two goes. Um, but CD Lamb, Dalton Schultz, they're going to reap the immediate benefits. And I would even think Tony Pollard maybe could get some uh, residuals from that right off the bat, even though Jerry Jones is adamant that Ezekiel Elliott is still the, you know, focal point in the offense. We'll see. We'll see if Mike McCarthy really agrees with that. Um, Christian Watson, another guy who's been dealing with some injuries uh, throughout the training camp and preseason. He is questionable, but has been practicing and is hopeful to play uh, based on what Mike McCarthy said on September 5th. And then same for James Robinson. Uh, they kept him off of the pup list, something that you know we thought would happen with the Achilles injury. He's listed as questionable currently, but Doug Peterson came out today <clears throat> and said that he would be suiting up and would be on the field. So. I probably would not start him, 
this week. Uh, maybe if you're in an 18 team league or something where you need to put in a, a second flex option, you can look at James Robinson, but let's see how he, you know, picks up in the offense, what his role is going to be like next to Travis Etienne, and, um, you know, just kind of see how, how, how he's feeling on that ankle. And then Michael Thomas, another guy who's been going through all sorts of injuries was announced today to be starting this weekend against the Atlanta Falcons. So, uh, old slant boy is back on the field. Him and Olave going to be lining up for the New Orleans Saints. It'll be so nice to see Thomas back on the field. I don't even know what to expect, honestly. It's been so long since we've seen the guy out there. But I, I really, I, I'm buying into the Saints offense. I love Olave. Alvin Kamara is not going to be suspended, so he'll be out there now. Jameis Winston at the helm. I'm buying into this offense and I'm happy to see that Thomas will be starting week one because that'll really, I think, determine how this offense and this team is going to go moving forward. Right. I, I think this will really give us a, a great look at what you drafted when you drafted Michael Thomas. Miles Sanders returned to practice last week. He is expected to play. Deontay Johnson will also be expected to play here in week one. One guy that we're not sure about just quite yet, probably I think he's leaning towards not playing. That's Kenneth Walker. Again, you know, I would say that's that's great news for Rashad Penny owner managers because if you've got Rashad Penny on your team, you should feel comfortable probably going ahead and and firing him up. He's probably your RB two. Throw him in that RB two slot and, and see how the week goes. Kenneth Walker's going to muddy those waters when he does play but I believe he's probably leaning towards being out in week one. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. I don't think Pete Carroll's going to risk it with his rookie back, and he's got a solid guy in Rashad Penny back there. Um, so, you know, definitely if you, if you have him on your squad, plug him in there this week. Chris Godwin was seen practicing without the knee brace, and his week one status is officially questionable, but all signs are pointing towards him suiting up and getting on the field against the Cowboys. Now, how much do you want to trust him in that offense? Is he going to be on a pitch count? Those are all things to maybe consider this first week as he gets up to speed and gets into game shape. But it's a fantastic sign that he doesn't have that knee brace on anymore and he's free moving around. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe wait and see how he handles contact first before you plug him into your lineups. But that's a guy that a lot of people were getting in the sixth to eighth round and carries some wide receiver, high upside wide receiver two value. So, you know, eventually he's going to be putting out big numbers for your team. Brian Robinson, obviously going to be out this week after his incident uh, with, with the shooting. And, you know, there has been some good news coming out about him with the swelling going down in his legs, and they're projecting him to maybe be back as early as week five from some of the reports I've been seeing. So uh, something to keep an eye on if, you, if you're managing Antonio Gibson on your team or maybe you have uh, Brian Robinson sitting on your IR. Uh, those are all so at least the earliest target dates that are coming out as week five, week six uh, territory. Yeah, at this point, if you don't have an IR spot, I don't think it's going to be worth holding on to Brian Robinson for the first six weeks of the season. But if you've got the roster spots, uh, of course, you know, put him at the end of the bench or, or put him on that IR spot. But if you're streaming quarterbacks and you're getting into week three, week four, he might end up being a cut candidate. Somebody maybe you look to pick up prior to week five, prior to week six, before he does come back. George Kittle, man. 
what are you doing? Getting a groin injury on guy? Monday. <laughs> Monday of week one, you come out with a groin injury. He doesn't practice today on Wednesday. As the guy who keeps touting Trey Lance, this it, it kind of hurts right now because this is your security <laughs> blanket. One more weapon for you to come out week one and dominate. And now we don't know. We don't know if he's going to play quite yet. This is going to be one that you're really going to need to monitor probably up until 10 a.m. Sunday morning actives. Yeah, that Friday practice is always the big indicator, right, for those Sunday games. So if George Kittle isn't practicing on Friday, it's not going to be a good sign for him to suit up on Sunday the following, you know, for that for that game. <clears throat> but it is a good sign if you have Brandon Ayuk on your team because then I think he immediately fills that that role and becomes that, you know, first or second read on those plays, him and Debo Samuel. So Kittle Kittle's going to kittle at this point. <laughs> he's he's got his uh his injuries. I don't want to uh, throw the the nickname I've been hearing for him out there, but um, you know, that's it's just unfortunate because he is a real talented guy too. And, and Trevor's been all over Trey Lance this year, so that definitely is one of those things that that uh, you know may hurt his value. But we'll we'll see. Shanahan's usually pretty good about getting hit his offensive guys, their numbers, uh, Van Jefferson going to be out for Thursday dealing with the knee issue. Uh, that means more targets for Allen Robinson, more targets for Cooper cup and more targets for Tyler Higby. And we might even see, um, that their other receiver, I always forget how to pronounce his name, but it's like snow wreck, <laughs> something along those lines. So I could see him kind of filling in as, as the third, uh, wide receiver there in in LA and then finally Zach Wilson going to be out for two to four weeks and Joe Flacco drawing the start week one against Baltimore yeah Joe Flacco in New York is is interesting I'm going to talk a little bit about Elijah Moore later on in, in the podcast today but I kind of like Joe Flacco starting there for for some of those weapons really uh I, he's got an accurate ball He's not going to move near as much as Zach Wilson does, but he's going to put the ball on the money and the wide receiver should have plenty of opportunity to, to score there um, for your fantasy league. And I wouldn't be afraid to be playing a guy like Elijah Moore in week one. Well, that's what we got for the news. I'm sure more injury news bound to come out. Make sure you're following at stadium rant HQ on Twitter. Turn those notifications on. Cause we're pumping out all of those updates for the NFL and the injuries and, and the statuses for those guys as we move through the weekend and, and get into uh, real football here in week one. Uh, now Trevor and I are getting ready to talk about our starts of the week. But before we get to that, Trevor, go ahead and tell us about NFL Plus. Well, the NFL season is here, and so is NFL Plus. NFL Plus allows you all your local games, all the primetime games, and even coaches film with select subscriptions starting at just $4.99 per month. Click on the link in the episode description to browse options and enjoy the NFL on the go. Take the NFL anywhere you are this season and join NFL Plus today. Let's jump into our starts of the week. We just want to go through, tell you a couple guys at a couple positions that we think are going to be smashes, really. Essentially, these are guys that they should be in your lineups probably every week, but most importantly this week. Dan, get us started here with your running back. 
Yeah, usually I don't like to start with guys that were, you know, projected top five running backs. I like to go a little bit deeper into those rankings before I, you know, list the start of the week just because they're so obvious. But with Derrick Henry, I wanted to start with him because of all of the injury concerns that he had going into fantasy football drafts and all the question marks surrounding him and his health. From what I've seen, from what I've heard, he looks great. He's ready to rock and roll. They're going to be running the offense through him again. And they're playing the New York Giants week one at home in Tennessee. Now, Vegas has listed that game for Tennessee to be five and a half point favorites. I could absolutely see that line move another point to six and a half. That tells me the Titans are going to get up early, smash the Giants, and then run the football to kill the clock. So I see a lot of carries for Derrick Henry in this game, and I just see him putting up some pretty solid numbers um, against the New York Giants. And and to to be honest, that defense doesn't have any studs out there that really impress me. They recently cut their starting middle linebacker in Blake Martinez. Um, so I just can see Derrick Henry putting out stiff arms for everybody on that on that offense. So he is a must-have in your starting lineup if you have the opportunity. Yeah, he struggled last year in week one, but he quickly rebounded a week two with like 45 fantasy points. Maybe this year he gets it started one week early. I'm going to go with Javante Williams against Seattle this week. Look, this is the 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 Russ versus what was supposed to be Drew Locke, and that didn't work out. But, you know, the big trade between Seattle and Denver over the offseason – so it's the Russ revenge game, right? It's going to be all about him, and really rightfully so. He's a great quarterback, and he was in Seattle for a long time. But Seattle was middle of the pack last year in rush yards against, and they did not nothing this offseason to go out and get guys that are going to be run stuffers or any really to bolster that defense a whole lot. Uh, I, I think that we should be very confident in starting Javante Williams Absolutely. I'm with you on that. You know, it's been pretty clear that Javante Williams is going to be the bell, the bell cow for them out there in Denver. And Seattle's another team that really doesn't have a great run defense at all. Um, so I just I could totally see him putting on sort of a smash mouth football uh, session against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Who do you have for wide receiver starts? Who are you looking at? Well, this week I'm going to pick on the hometown team the Kansas city chiefs. My start of the week is Hollywood Brown, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver. He's ready. He's ready to show off his skill set in a pass happy offense. Look, the chiefs were a bottom five defense last year against the pass. They made a lot of moves. So opposite of Seattle, like the chiefs went out, they, they tried to bolster this defense. And I truly believe they're going to be a better defense this year, but they still have young cornerbacks. And I think that these, this, Defensive back group is going to be exposed early in the year. I think they get better as the season progresses. But early on, I think they'll, they'll be exposed. No DeAndre Hopkins for the Cardinals. And a Cardinals defense who I don't think will stop the Chiefs at all. So look for Hollywood to just be running a ton of routes with a ton of targets and, and really a, a great opportunity to, to break out with this new team against you know a young defensive back group. Plus, they're going to be chasing most of the game, I believe. And I think Hollywood Brown will show up pretty well for your fantasy team this year, this week. 
Yeah, not to mention Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray. They already have that college chemistry, right? Those two guys were together at Oklahoma. I, I, I totally see him picking up where he left off with, with Kyler. And, and in this game, it's hard not to pick on the Chiefs secondary being so young and so fresh and not having a whole lot of time together with each other. Uh, not to mention the guys who, who were on that unit last year did allow a lot of passing yards. So <laughs> I, I love that pick. For me, I'm going with a guy, you know, they always ask you, you know, who's your guys in fantasy football? This is one of my guys this year, DJ Moore. Uh, the Carolina Panthers receiver has consistently put up some great numbers. He's just really missed those touchdown numbers. And now he actually has somewhat of a legitimate passer in Baker Mayfield. Say what you want about him, but he's definitely an upgrade on some of the other guys DJ Moore has had throwing him the football. I'm going purely off of narrative with this one. Not just him being one of my guys, of course, uh, but with Baker Mayfield playing Cleveland, the team that traded him away, he's going to be a little extra motivated. And of course, Denzel Ward's probably going to be covering DJ Moore in this game, but who better to exploit him than the quarterback that's practiced against him for the last three seasons. So I'm really, I'm really banking on Baker Mayfield and DJ Moore establishing that connection in this game and, and sort of setting the tone for what's to come this year. And uh, I really, I really like him. If you, if you have the opportunity to plug him into your starting lineup, that's, that's where I'm going with this week. Yeah. DJ Moore absolutely should be in your starting lineup. Great start of the week there. What, what are we going to, we're going to have to figure out who, which starts of the week goes better. You know, we might have to track this throughout the year. Who scores more points this week, Hollywood Brown or DJ Moore? Let's just make it like a, a little mini lineup. We'll see. We'll stack up the, the positions and, and sort of see where it goes. Absolutely. Do we think it's full that. point, half point PPR? <laughs> oh, you got to go full point, right? I got oh, Javante yeah. Williams, so we have to go full point. Hey, I've got Derrick Henry, so I'm not going to get a whole lot of PPR <laughs> from <Exactly>. him. <laughs> well, why, why don't you uh, finish out your little mini lineup here with your tight end? You got it, man. I'm going Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he really developed over there in, in Pittsburgh that first year with Ben Roethlisberger throwing him the rock. Now he's got Mitchell Trubisky. Um, you know, I think they're going to be behind quite a bit in this game against Cincinnati. They're going to be in enemy territory. So I just foresee them passing the ball a ton. The Cincinnati Bengals have a pretty solid defense, um, but they are lacking a little bit in the secondary. So I could absolutely see Pat Fryermuth sort of breaking through. Maybe he gets past one of those coverage linebackers. Like I, I would imagine Logan Wilson's probably going to be covering him quite a bit in this game. But if Fryermuth is able to break out and catch one of those passes and and put up some decent yards, maybe get some red zone looks. I could foresee that happening for sure. I think the big key element here for sure is the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to put up points. They're going to leave Pittsburgh in the dust and they're going to be throwing the rock quite a bit. So I'm looking at Pat Fryermuth to be my start of the week. And Fryermuth, that's where he really kind of shined last year was in was in those games that you know like the junk time touchdowns there wasn't really anything to play for left but he's still scoring he's still getting those catches and those yards so I, I like that there and what I really like about what we did here is both of us took tight ends who are kind of fringe worthy right we we got away from those top tier tight ends of course you're starting Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey and like those aren't question marks but if you didn't get you know a say top six, maybe even top eight tight end, you might be sitting here thinking, 
Should I start Pat Fryermuth? Should I start Dawson Knox? And I say you should start Dawson Knox this week. Very touchdown dependent, but this game tomorrow night is in one of the is one of the highest totals on the slate of the whole weekend. Fifty two and a half points right now. We love touchdowns, and if Vegas is going to tell us it's a fifty two and a half point over under, that means there's going to be a lot of touchdowns coming in. One touchdown for a tight end could be top five, top six tight end for the week. The the, the position just does not score a whole lot of fantasy points for you. And so I love that upside with Dawson Knox this week in a shootout style game, especially if you expect it to go hit the over, which where most of the money is at right now is on the over. Uh, so we'll see how that goes in the dome. I like, I like Dawson Knox um, finds a touchdown, maybe two. We'll see, but uh, I'll take one touchdown here and, and maybe top five, top six range for Dawson Knox. 100%. I, I really like Dawson Knox in this one. He just got paid uh, this week, actually got a nice little extension. I think he's going to come in motivated and ready to play. Uh, we have what could be the game of the year on Thursday, you know, and, and most of the power rankings, the the Bills and the Rams, their teams one and two, rightfully so. Bills probably have the best top to bottom roster in the NFL and the Rams are the reigning Super Bowl champions. So I, I'm Excited to see what Dawson Knox is going to be able to do out there and definitely touchdown dependent, but he gets plenty of looks from Josh Allen. You know, last week I was at the uh, chiefs lunch and kickoff luncheon. I was very lucky to, to attend that. And Mitch Holt has said that he said something, which was going to be in my mind all season long. And that's that this season for the chiefs is the alpha and Omega season because they start in Arizona on, on Sunday and then the Omega is they will end in Arizona for the Super Bowl in February. So I love that, right? But then I'm thinking of Bills and Rams. Like this game could literally be the Alpha and Omega of the season. The whole NFL season starts Rams versus Bills. And these two teams are good enough to be in the Super Bowl, Rams versus Bills. We could literally start and end the season with the same matchup. Obviously, <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. Right. But both of these teams are very, very good, and I'm I'm excited. I hope that we see a shootout tomorrow night uh, in L.A. Most definitely. No, that's that's an interesting point way of looking at it. Mitch always has the best euphemisms Dude, and and so good for anything. He's so good, Dan. Another segment we want to bring to the table this year is streamers of the week. You and I both have have really uh, throughout the the preseason touted if you don't get the elite quarterback or the elite tight end just stream them every week and so we want to bring you some quarterbacks and tight ends and also defenses that you should look to stream this week if you don't have that elite guy dan i'll let you start with your quarterback you mentioned his name once already today <laughs> uh who do you got here I'm riding the narrative, man. I'm riding the narrative with Baker Mayfield, the revenge tour. He's got shirts. How can you not support a guy that's got shirts? Um, in all seriousness, though, you know, Baker Mayfield has plenty of weapons out there in Carolina. If you didn't get one of those top 10 to 12 guys, I know in one of my one of my leagues, I didn't draft my quarterback until the 12th round. I ended up landing on Kirk Cousins because I had four other people before me draft two quarterbacks in the middle rounds, which I was totally fine with that because I ended up getting some guys falling to me. Um, but I, 
insured Kirk Cousins with Baker Mayfield later in the draft because of all the weapons that he has at his disposal. And I think it's going to be on full force this Sunday against Cleveland. Christian McCaffrey's getting catches. You know, he's going to turn one of those into a touchdown at some point. He's got DJ Moore. He has Robbie Anderson for the deep threat, among other solid receiving options. So I'm, I'm liking Baker Mayfield against Cleveland for my stream of the week at quarterback. Dan, later on, we're going to hit a couple start sits. All right. But you're sitting there staring down Baker versus Cousins this week. Are you starting Baker over Cousins? I think the Green Bay Minnesota game is going to be a shootout type of game. So I'm putting Cousins in. And I just so happen to have Justin Jefferson on that team. So I want the QB to receiver connection in that one. I will not be starting Baker on that particular team. However, I have Baker in a super flex league, and he will be in my super flex spot in that league. Absolutely. And I, I agree. The, the whole reason we want to talk about streamers here is it doesn't necessarily mean everybody should go out and start these guys, right? We're streaming quarterbacks. That means other teams have done, you know, in, in scenarios like, like you mentioned, drafted two, maybe three quarterbacks, and you just ate up all the wide receiver running back values in the draft, but now you're sitting here looking for a quarterback on the waiver wire this week. That's what we want to give you, and we want to give you that every single week. I'm going with Derek Carr against the Los Angeles Chargers. Last season, Derek Carr averaged 15 points per game against the Chargers. I'm streaming a quarterback. I'll take the 15 points because if I'm streaming quarterbacks, that means I, I should be winning at the skill level positions. So right now, I just need a serviceable, serviceable quarterback. Derek Carr was that against the Chargers last year. Now he's got a new weapon, Devontae Adams. A terrible run game, at least in my opinion, is not very good. And uh, They're going to be playing a Chargers offense that should be dominating the Raiders' defense. And against the Chargers' defense that gave up nearly 400 yards per game last year. And, as we mentioned at the top of the show, no J.C. Jackson. I'm in on Carr this week. If you're looking for a guy to stream, you, there's definitely worse options out there. Uh, I like Derek Carr. These weapons are healthy right now. Darren Waller wasn't hurt. He just wanted a new contract. All right, so Derek Carr is going to be good this week. Also a nice little sneaky potential DFS play here uh, if stacking up the Raiders if you think that game kind of goes shootout style. I like Derek Carr last year, and I think he's going to improve on that this year. I, I think, you know, if you were able to to grab him, he's going to be a decent stream option most weeks. And so I love that that pick for, for this week against L.A., mainly because they're going to be missing that key piece in the secondary. So that means Devontae Adams pretty much going to be checked by Asante Samuel Jr., second-year corner, who, you know, struggled at times last year. So I can definitely see that sort of exploding Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. You just got so many options in that Raiders offense in the passing game. Um, so I, I, I love that pick at tight end. I'm looking at the guy on the other offense, Gerald Everett. I think Gerald Everett could easily have a career year with the Los Angeles chargers sort of filling that same role that Jared cook filled last year for them, except Gerald Everett's younger and a little bit more athletic at this point in his career than Jared Cook was last year. He really hasn't been in an offense that has been super pass-heavy, aside from being with the Rams earlier in his career. But at that time, it was really kind of driven through Todd Gurley. you know. So he's never really had that, that opportunity to shine. I think he gets that 
this year in L.A. and is going to be a decent option against what I believe is a weak secondary for the Las Vegas Raiders. I've been taking Gerald Everett late in basketball drafts quite often. Um, I would love to see him have a career year for the Chargers <laughs> this year. I'm going Evan Ingram. I'm going pretty deep here with tight end against the Washington Commanders, available in nearly 80% of ESPN leagues right now. So this is truly a guy you can just go get right now if you need a tight end. Maybe you didn't draft a tight end. Maybe you were in a league that doesn't make you draft every single position. Usually in those cases, I just don't draft defenses or, or kickers and wait until I have to pick those guys up. Maybe you did it with tight end, so now you just need somebody. Evan Ingram's out there. And again, for tight end, all you got to do, you just need somebody to fall into the end zone for you. I'm interested in this Jacksonville offense. I'm interested to see what Doug Peterson brings to the table, brings to this wonder boy, Trevor Lawrence. Is he back? Is he going to show up? Is Lawrence going to be worth that number one pick that they spent on him last year? ETN's back. They go get a Christian Kirk. James Robinson, Robinson should be healthy. And this commander's defense is not something you're going to write home about. And so maybe maybe Evan Ingram scores. Maybe he gets four catches for 40 yards, and you take your eight PPR points, and you move on to next week. Again, it's not a guy that's going to bury you, and you're really just hoping to not have a goose egg at this point if you're looking this deep for tight end. You just need somebody that's not going to give you a goose egg, and I think Evan Ingram will be fully embedded into this offense and a, a weapon for Trevor Lawrence this season and this week. I love this pick. I think the last time we really saw Evan Ingram do anything of value was when Eli Manning was throwing him the ball earlier in his career. Um, he's going to get uh, someone who's a little bit more viable than <laughs> than Daniel Jones is. And I, I love his potential against that Washington defense for sure. Who do you have as far, speaking of defenses, who is your defensive stream of the week? You know, the big thing about playing these defenses is playing the matchup, looking at who has a weak offensive line, who has a quarterback that's going to throw a lot of picks. Uh, those are all key elements. And then, of course, there's the points factor. So who are you looking at as far as streaming uh, for this week? Yeah, everything you just laid out there is something that Geno Smith does every time he starts a quarterback. So my pick was easy. It's the Denver Broncos going right back to this Broncos-Seahawks game. Anytime I can get a defense off the free agent list, that's going to be playing against Geno Smith. Sign me up. I'll take it and and run with it. And it's a Monday night game too, so you kind of get that little bit of that uh, last game of the week juice. Give me give me the Broncos defense, man. I'm just going to load them up and and take them anywhere I can this week because I don't believe in Geno Smith and I don't believe in the Seahawks offense. No, I love that pick. Uh, for me, when it comes to defense. I am probably streaming defenses every single week anyway, unless I find myself with like a 2019 Patriots defense or a 2017 Ravens defense where those guys were putting up, you know, 20, 15 to 20 points a game. Um, I'm, I'm playing the matchup. I'm looking at the bottom five teams in the league and I'm picking one of the defenses that I like best against those teams. And for me, I'm looking at bottom five teams, I see the Jets there. And I see who they're playing this week. It's the Baltimore Ravens who have a defense that is actually pretty darn good, maybe top 15, top 12. And I saw them go undrafted in quite a few drafts and mock drafts this year. So if I have the opportunity to grab the Ravens this week 
as they put it on the Jets and sh- and reassert their dominance in the AFC. I'm taking that opportunity for them to put up some major points. Again, their number one quarterback is not starting this week. They have Joe Flacco, 37-year-old Joe Flacco. Um, potential for picks, potential for sacks, because their offensive line is a little banged up as well. We already know Mekhi Becton's not going to be lining up there. Um, so, you know, look for the Ravens to really put up some some good points in this week's matchup with the Jets. Yeah, a lot of sacks, man. Joe Flacco does not move. He is, he is, he is just a thinner, smaller Big Ben out there, and and I think the Ravens could get after it. And the Ravens defense have has a chip on their shoulders. They were terrible last year, but they battled a lot of injuries. Getting so healthy, oh man. So I, I yeah, I think they could come out and just put a whooping on the Jets, and and we'll see if if that ends up being the case in Baltimore. Dan, before we move on, we're going to talk a little daily fantasy, give a draft keys, give a fan duel lineup. Why don't you tell us about what's going on over at stadium rant and how people can get involved with being an employee of stadium rant. Sorry to pause the action on your favorite podcast, but just wanted to share a quick word from stadium rant. We are hiring. Check out some of the open opportunities by visiting our page at www.stadiumrantjobs.com where you can source positions for all 32 NFL teams, whether you're a contributing writer, a podcaster, or have desire to be the managing editor for the site itself. We are looking for people to fill all kinds of positions. So again, visit www.stadiumrantjobs.com. Apply and have your voice heard today. Dan, let's jump into the daily fantasy lineups here. You're gonna you're gonna do the DraftKings. I'm gonna do the FanDuel. But tell us a little bit about DraftKings and then why you set your lineup the way you did. Yeah, there. DraftKings has a ton of different you know modes and and different mini games that you can jump into when it comes to their fantasy app. Uh, but the the budget for all of those different teams is 50,000, you know, uh, mythical DraftKings dollars, right? And each of these players, they have their own price tag associated with them. And you got to stack up a lineup while staying within that budget, right? Daily fantasy. That just means you get to pick a new lineup every week. And so I'm jumping into a lot of the $5 games that they have available. Um, Of course, they have a variety of options, but this particular game that I jumped into uh, $50,000 budget. And so I'm looking at the different options and kind of deciding where I want to stack the most chips uh, when it comes to these certain positions. So for me personally, I'm looking at the matchups. I'm looking at who these players are playing against and what the nature of the game might look like. And going from there on, you know, kind of establishing where that value is going to fall into place. First off, I wanted to get a marquee receiver and a quality quarterback. So in this particular scenario, I went with Patrick Mahomes at 7.7 or 7.7 K. And then I grabbed Jamar Chase at 7.1. Mahomes is playing against the Cardinals. I think it's going to be a shootout. Jamar Chase playing against the Steelers. Him and Joe Burrow going to pick up right where they left off. And I'm following that up with a secondary receiver that I'm going to spend good cash on and a primary running back that I want to spend some some budget on. And so I grabbed Nick Chubb at 6.5K. 
He's rushing against a Carolina Panthers defense who has a defensive tackle in Derek Brown who's nursing some injuries. Um, so I could definitely see them leaning on that run game in that game against Carolina. So I really like Nick Chubb in this one. And then that secondary receiver that I snagged was my guy, DJ Moore, the start of the week from earlier in the episode. And then after that, it's just a matter of stacking up some value where I can, looking at those price tags and seeing who I can plug into these other holes. And I started with my tight end. I wanted to make sure that I had somebody who was quality there, maybe a top five, top six tight end. And I landed on TJ Hawkinson, who's going against somewhat of a tough Philadelphia Eagles defense, but he's definitely going to get some red zone looks. And he was one of Jared Goff's favorite targets last year, and he was only... 4.9 K in salary for me to pay out for, for him. So I went ahead and snagged him. And then I looked at some value at the other positions. So running back to, I grabbed Eli Mitchell with that news of George Kittle. It made me think that there would be some more opportunities for him in that backfield. And I turned around and gave the rookie Damian Pierce an opportunity to start on my team from that second flex spot as well. And once I got to this point, I basically had one more flex spot available, one more for defense. I grabbed the Patriots defense. They're going against a Miami team at 2.7 thousand, a Bill Belichick defense against a team with a first year head coach. That just seemed like great value at the defensive position. And then my other flex position, I took KJ Osborne at 4.9 K. Um, I really think he's going to emerge as a quality third option for Minnesota. And as I said earlier in the episode, this could potentially be a shootout between Minnesota and Green Bay. So, you know, look for him to get some opportunities as well. So the way I stacked it up, we've got Mahomes, Nick Chubb, Eli Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, uh, Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, KJ Osborne, TJ Hawkinson, Damian Pierce at 4.8, and the Patriots defense. One of the biggest differences here between DraftKings and FanDuel is DraftKings is full point PPR, right? So you're you're looking for guys like the Jamar Chases, DJ Morse, and really a guy like KJ Osborne could come out three catches, thirty six yards, and and really you know outperform that salary there. Um, always looking to hopefully double up the salary. So if you're spending five K on a guy, you'd like to see at least ten points. If you're in a t- big tournament, you're hoping to see 15 points, triple up a salary. And so s- seeing somebody like that, saving a little bit of money, right, to be able to pay up for the Patrick Mahomes, Jamar Chase type, makes a lot of sense to do that. I'm going to talk through the FanDuel side. On FanDuel, I only play small tournaments, small field tournaments, usually under 500, and always single entry or three or you can have up to three entries. So I don't ever do any type of 150 max type leagues. I would never do 150 lineups myself, but I don't even get into those leagues because I don't have the capacity to play there. Uh, So single entry is the way to go. In my opinion, smaller field tournaments give you the best opportunity to, to win because you're not playing against five, 10, 20,000 people hit those smaller tournaments. uh, Give yourself a, a real chance at winning a little bit of money. And that's what I hope I did here with my lineup. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a a Kyler Murray Hollywood Brown single stack, bringing back Travis Kelsey and MVS. So I'm really gonna look at that afternoon game. It gives me a little bit of 
flexibility to do some late swaps. If something goes wrong in the first game, it gives me four players from one game. I can completely fade that game if I need to. I could sw- switch it up, but I'm taking Murray. He's cheaper. I believe he's going to be less rostered. And I think he's going to be the chasing quarterback, right? So I think he'll he'll have a little bit more opportunity to throw the ball because he should be chasing the Chiefs. I'm going Chase Edmonds there in Miami. Really $5,800 here for, for a running back. I, I got to save some money somewhere. So I'm going to take him because I'm going to pay up for Christian McCaffrey. $9,500 Christian McCaffrey. And FanDuel, you want the touchdowns. It's only half P- point PPR. Christian McCaffrey is rarely under 10K. He's obviously there this year because of all the injuries last year. But even when he came back last year, he was still in the 10Ks. So to get him at 9,500 just feels feels like a steal. Guys like Derrick Henry at 9,700. JT is 10-2. Austin Eckler's 9,400. So I'm getting who I think is the most electric running back here at at a discounted rate comparative to where he normally is. So I like that a lot. Plus when he's on the field, he's scoring 30 to 35 points a game. So I'll take that as well. And then I've got a, a, a little mini stack with the Rashad Baton, Mapin and Eli Moore, Elijah Moore, uh, both at 6,061 and 6,100. Just a little skin, a mini stack here with a, a game that I think it, that goes off at the noon. And it kind of doesn't have necessarily shootout potential, but two offenses that should be when they're passing and really funneling those, those throws to, you know, for Baltimore, it's going to be Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman. And I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of other out there. And in New York, it's going to be Elijah Moore, especially until Garrett Wilson gets running, you know, full speed in the NFL week one is not great for rookies. So give me, give me the second year guy there. I mentioned Travis Kelsey at 8,000. Marquez Valdez-Scantley is my other chief spring back at 5,500. And then I'm throwing out the, the Atlanta Falcons here. I talked earlier about how I love the, the Saints offense, and I do, but it's still Jameis Winston. Give me a couple picks from the Falcons at $3,600, and hopefully I can get some scoring there. One of the most important parts about this lineup to me is the flexibility of the afternoon. I've got multiple 1 p.m. games. I'm going to see how those go. If it goes great, I ride it out. If it goes bad, swap them out and find some other guys that might be low rostered and have a chance to to go big for you there. I go in depth every week during the season. This week I'm going on Saturday night, going live around 8.15. I'm going to build some lineups on stream, kind of walk our listeners through how to how to stack up different games, what to look for in terms of roster ship leverage. I'm going to walk them through live Saturday night in the future. It'll be Friday nights, but this week scheduling happens. And so we're going to go Saturday night. We're going to have a lot of fun. And so if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to enjoy that podcast as well. Come join me on YouTube live on Saturday night. Heck yeah. So that's our, our daily fantasy run throughs. Um, before we wrap everything up, we are going to jump into some listener questions. We had some start and sit questions at Mig Van D asked us to pick two guys from a group of players 
I'm going to give my answer and then Trevor, I'll pass it over to you so we can, you know, give both of our takes on this. He lists out guys. I'm assuming this maybe is for a two flex league uh, of some sort. So it's Gabe Davis, Josh Jacobs, AJ Dillon, Ramondre Stevenson, and Elijah Moore. I'm looking at this group of guys here. Uh, and this is without us having any context to the league. We don't know if it's PPR, half point, what have you, uh, what style it is. I'm just going purely off of the potential. The first guy I'm looking at is Gabe Davis for the Buffalo Bills. I think he is a must play against the LA Rams. Stephon Diggs going to be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey quite a bit in that game. I think that's going to leave Gabe Davis open for a ton of targets and opportunities in that one. So I'm, you know, I'm loving his potential. And then at number two, I don't know about AJ Dillon just quite yet with how that's going to split up with Aaron Jones. Josh Jacobs is another guy I'm a little bit timid on. Same with Ramondre Stevenson. So I'm going to go with your guy, Elijah Moore here at this one and, uh, and, and see if Joe Flacco is going to get him the ball in those situations. I'm going double receiver um, from this group with Gabe Davis and Elijah Moore. Well, we agree on too many things already, Dan, uh, because that's exactly where I'm going. It's easy to assume it's a PPR league. That's becoming the most standardized leagues now. Even in half-point PPR, I'm still taking these two guys. A.J. Dillon is my third here. I love Stevenson this year. I can't start him week one. If I, if I don't have to start him, I'm not starting him. And I'm definitely not starting Josh Jacobs. Um, I'm not even rostering Josh Jacobs, so I hope I'm not rostering Josh Jacobs anyways. So Gabe Davis, Elijah Moore, I think Gabe Davis – has a great game tomorrow night for all the reasons that you mentioned Josh Allen. When he starts to scramble, he's got that connection with Gabe Davis that he doesn't quite have with Steph Diggs. Steph Diggs is the route running, get him early first look really great wide receiver. Gabe Davis is more of the backyard football. Josh Allen starts to starts to scramble and Gabe just finds a way to get in the back of the end zone somehow. And, and he's wide open. So I'm, I'm starting those two guys as well. Dan, can you start Chris Godwin this week? No. I've already mentioned it earlier this in the show. He is showing promise. That's all good. But I want to see how many snaps he really gets. You know, Russell Gage has shown a lot of promise in that offense. They did bring in Julio Jones. They have Scotty Miller. So it's not like they don't have options that they can rotate in as Chris Godwin starts to get his legs underneath them and, and get brought up to speed uh, with how that game speed is going to be coming at him. So this week, I'm holding off on Chris Godwin. He'll probably get some opportunities. We'll see how he handles contact from that point, full, full speed game contact. And I could absolutely see him being on a pitch count. One of the better teams in the league, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're going to want to keep their weapons healthy for what I would imagine is going to be a playoff run later in the season. What's your take on it? Yeah, I'm not starting. I'm just like I talked about J.K. Dobbins. I want to see these guys in action. Even if they start, it's week one. I would rather take the safe play. Guys I know who have a ceiling, who have been healthy, who have been there all preseason. I want to see those guys, and those are the guys I'm putting in my lineup. I love Chris Godwin, uh, and I, I've tried to st- – I tried to take him in any time I could in the seventh round of redraft leagues this year. Cause I just thought it was too good of a value for a guy that was going to miss a couple of games. And now it doesn't even look like he's going to miss any games, but I'm not quite ready to start him on week one. 
But I have my own start sit question here, Dan. I'm staring down Gabe Davis or Allen Robinson for tomorrow night's game. You have a lean on which one you'd start? Everything in me wants to say Allen Robinson because he's never had a quality quarterback throw him the football. Um, I think he has really good potential in Los Angeles to to break out and, and play and, and put up some big numbers. But I think for everything that we've talked about with Gabe Davis, there's no way I can I can shift away from that at this point. So I'm, I'm leaning towards Gabe Davis in this one. Um, I guess my my follow up question for you would be, who are your other receivers that you have in that game? Both of these guys are actually a flex play. I've got Debo Samuel, Cortland Sutton, Gabe Davis, Allen Robinson, Devontae Smith. And so Devontae Smith could also get into the action a little bit there. I'm starting Debo. I'm starting Cortland Sutton on Monday night. So that's where I'm at. My Gabe Davis, Allen Robinson, do I play somebody in this game or do I even go to Devontae Smith? I do think I want the guy coming into the 52.5 point over under game on Thursday night. And I'm leaning Gabe Davis as well. That's who's currently there. So that's probably who will end up there. He's got the rapport. He's been in this offense where Allen Robinson, we haven't seen him in the offense yet. A lot of Gabe Davis talk here, but I I think he's going to be a a breakout candidate this year. And we saw it last year and we talked a lot early off season too. So. Absolutely. And I had another question get posed to me on Instagram by one of my good buddies. Uh, Shout out, shout out Sky White. (laughs) He asked me, he has Zach Ertz as his main tight end, and he's looking for backup options, someone he can maybe stream on those bye weeks or weeks he doesn't feel comfortable starting Zach Ertz. And he gave me three options. So he gave me Irv Smith, Gerald Everett, and Albert O. He has the roster spots to pick up one of those three tight ends. Which of those three are you leaning towards? Three guys I love. We talked about Gerald Everett earlier today, so I don't need to go into that. Albert O would not have been on my list, but with Greg Dolchitz on the on the bench or on the IR now, gives me a feeling that Albert O has an opportunity here to take this starting job and really run with it. But I'm I'm going Irv Smith, and I think he's going to have a pretty decent year. A lot of people are t- touting Cole Komet as like the breakout tight end this year. I don't see why Irv Smith couldn't be right there behind him. New offense, other weapons on the offense that everybody's going to be keen around. Right now, I'm going Irv Smith out of those three. Like Gerald Everett a lot. Albert O, I'm just too unsure about. Irv Smith has to stay healthy, uh, but he's younger. He's got the breakout potential where I think Gerald Everett is more of a, he's going to be a safe week-to-week play. Give me the upside in Irv Smith. I love that. My my answer to him was, you know, I, I I also like all three of those guys as streaming options week in and week out. I think they both play key roles on those teams. Um, but Irv Smith was my favorite of the three as well. I thought he had great breakout potential last year before he got injured. And so now that he's recovered from that and he's coming back in, I think he's got, you know, a chip on his shoulder and still carries that same potential. So um, I'm right there with you. We we are agreeing, I think, almost a little bit too much on some of these questions here. We're going to we're going to have to find a topic that we disagree on and just rant about it. 
We we can just talk about uh, Derrick Henry for a whole episode. <laughs> that would bring up plenty uh, plenty of fodder. <laughs> Any of my followers have listened to me talk about Derrick Henry too much over the last couple of years. <laughs> They're tired of listening to it. Well, you know that's all we've got for this week's episode. So excited for week one of the NFL season. I'm already setting lineups and shuffling people around and scouring the waiver wire and just doing all kinds of scouting. Trevor, I'm sure you're there too. Before we close it out, do you have any week one advice for our listeners? My advice, don't panic week one. The NFL is a very crazy game. A lot of things happen. Anything can go wrong for your fantasy team. Anything can go right for your fantasy team. But remember where you drafted some of these guys and don't panic if they come out and have a bad game. We're not going to talk to you again till mid next week. Your waivers may have already ran by then. Do not go and drop these guys that you drafted in the top eight, 10 rounds just because they had a bad game. Be patient with them. Be patient with the whole team overall and trust, trust your drafting abilities there. So just my best advice is don't panic. And then my other advice is to go follow me on Twitter at Trevor S underscore FF. Of course, I'm always there. My DMs are open. If you have other start sits, hit me up. I'll help you out. We're here to help you win fantasy football this season. Check us out over there on NFL on Stadium Ramp Podcast. We're on Spotify. Again, all of your favorite teams have a podcast going. We're at the 13-14 right now. Go check them out. It's fans talking to fans. I mean, it's the easiest podcast to listen to because it's just other fans talking to you about your teams and your favorite team. So go check us out over there at NFL on Stadium Ramp Podcast. And then check me out. I'm going to be back with you Saturday night live, walking through Daily Fantasy. I'll recap our Thursday night games. You know I'll be putting too many teams out there on Thursday night, hopefully winning a little bit of money. We'll talk through it Saturday. We'll build some lineups. Come check me out on YouTube at the Rumbles of Red on YouTube. And uh, we'll have a good time. We'll win some money this weekend. And we'll recap it all next week. Don't forget to follow the show as well on Twitter at ADP Podcast underscore SR. We will be posting episode links on there. Um, so if you're not already following us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to get those notifications, check out what we're putting out there on Twitter. We are presented by Stadium Rant at Stadium Rant HQ. Again, turn those noties on, get that information as it's coming in, and check out StadiumRant.com. That is our main site, our hub for all 32 NFL teams. You can access them from that hub site. And we're also putting out featured content on that site, as well as all of the team-specific podcasts that Trevor just mentioned. So make sure you visit us at stadiumrant.com and follow our show here at ADP on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple so that you can get those notifications as we launch the episodes on Thursdays before uh, that, that game would start up. And give me a follow as well at Dan underscore TF40 on Twitter and Instagram. Before we send you off, I do have one piece of advice as well. Do not pick up the guys that blow up in week one either. Give them a chance to put up some consistency as well, just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, Trevor. Appreciate everyone. Take it easy. 
I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'd be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk so I'm